Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Money Matters Wealthy Thinking with Alfred Edmund Jr. Welcome to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. I'm your host, Alfred Edmund Jr. You know, parents are the same no matter time, no place. They don't understand that us kids are going to make some mistakes. So to you other kids all across the land, there's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. Well, if you're the parent of minor children or college students, your kids are home for the summer and they're probably driving you nuts. They say parents don't understand, but it's your kids that don't seem to get it especially when it comes to money. On this edition of Money Matters Wealthy Thinking, I share why it's never too soon to have the money talk with your kids for the sake of their futures and your own financial health to say nothing of your sanity. Also, are you still operating in denial when it comes to what it will take to achieve your financial goals? Well, I've got just the person you need to hear from as my guest for this podcast. NB Financial President and CEO Mark Wingo returns to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking to provide more reality checks that you must face if you're serious about improving your money. Wingo, who has been named by none other than Black Enterprise as a BE Modern Man of Distinction for the everyday positive impact he has on others, is the author of Wingonomics, How to Become a Cashflow Millionaire on Any Budget in Any Market. And finally, each week I've been inviting you to submit questions you'd like me to answer on the podcast. I received some interesting ones, and I'll be providing an answer to one of them before the end of the show. The great thing about that is, for every question asked, there are thousands of you looking for the same answer. So pay attention, because you could get the guidance you need to get a better grip on your money matters. But first, when it comes to teaching kids about money... As parents, teachers, and mentors, we must be equally ready not to only talk, but to initiate the conversation. It's never too soon to have the money talk with your kids for the sake of their future and your own financial health. Here are some ideas to help you to do just that, with the goal of teaching your teens the key lessons they need to learn in order to become financially responsible adults. First, The worst thing you can do is to avoid or delay the talk. Teaching kids about money may mean breaking generations of family tradition, making this a taboo topic. Your parents and grandparents never had to face the kinds of personal financial responsibilities that we face, and our children will continue to face. They may not have known better, but we do. It is our responsibility to get our children ready to handle money effectively. In fact, closing the much-lamented black wealth gap requires us to see to the financial education 
of future generations. So accept that first you must set the example. For them to be more responsible with money, you must be. If financial literacy and honesty is not a priority for you, it will not be for them. Your kids should see you reading at least one money book a month, and you should be sharing and discussing such books with them. Go a step further and buy age-appropriate books aimed at children and teens focused on boosting their financial literacy. And don't just hand it to them and walk away. Sit down and read them together. Next, you need to communicate as early and as often as possible that your money is not their money. Let me say that again. Your money is not their money. Your obligation to your kids is to provide adequate food, clothing, and shelter, and not necessarily the best that money can buy, as well as to see to their education and character development while they are minors. Going much further than that will not only make teaching kids about money more difficult, but it could hurt, not help them in the long run. Remember, your main job as a parent is to transform your dependent minors into responsible, self-supporting adults. You won't do that if you insist on providing for their every whim and need. Teach your kids to value earned money over gifts or loans. The latter have their place and their price. The best money is earned, not freely given. Loans must be repaid, often with interest and fees, and gifts nearly always have strings attached. This is why my mother wouldn't allow me to accept gifts from my friends without checking with their parents first, if at all. Once you provide it for your kids' basic needs, let them work for everything else, by getting on the honor roll, doing extra chores around the house, starting a business, picking up age-appropriate part-time jobs, anything that requires them to put in time and effort to get paid. Be open about setting financial goals and priorities for your household. When it comes to teaching your kids about money, transparency is a powerful tool. There is no better way to help your kids develop a comfort level with saving and investing for long-term goals. They desperately need the reality check of reviewing household bills with you each month in order to understand the true value of money and that cable TV, water, light, food and shelter don't come for free. Instead of treating the term budget like a dirty word, encourage your kids to develop their own spending plans and to stick with them. Teach your kids that spending is not the only thing they should be doing with their money. Require them to put at least 10% of any money they get towards saving for long-term goals, such as college. Another 5-10% to 10 should go toward charitable giving, such as tithing at church, or buying food for donations to the less fortunate. That leaves up to 80% for them to spend, which is quite a lot given that you're already providing for their basic needs. Remove the stigma from the phrase, I can't afford it. Teaching kids about money means taking into account the emotional factors we all associate with money and spending. One of the biggest psychological factors behind our failure to live within our means is attaching feelings of shame, disappointment, or unworthiness to the idea that we can't always have what we want when we want it. Remove the self-judgment associated with, I can't afford it, by adding the words, yet, or right now. Then help your kids to come up with a plan to budget and save for what they want.
Teach your kids that using credit as a substitute for money they don't have is credit abuse and that it's unacceptable. Credit is meant to be a convenience to help you avoid carrying all of the cash you have access to, not a way to spend money when you're broke. Learning and practicing this simple lesson alone could prevent tens of thousands of our kids from beginning adulthood saddled with credit card debt. Excessive credit card debt is a classic example of dumb money. Do you want these lessons to stick? Then again, you have to set the example. Kids and teens in particular can spot hypocrisy a mile away, even if they're too respectful to call you out on it. What we preach to them about handling money, we also have to practice ourselves. You're listening to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. We'll be back in a moment. Take it from me, parents just don't understand. Support for Money Matters Wealthy Thinking and the following message come from State Farm, who knows that many Americans struggle with their finances and most have never been taught how to manage them. Starting today, State Farm wants to change that by giving people the tools, help, and education they need to take control of their money, putting financial well-being within the reach of everyone. Now you can find out more at letstarttoday.com. State Farm, here to help life go right. And we're back with more Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. Let's hear from today's guest, NB Financial President and CEO, Mark Wingle, author of Wingonomics, How to Become a Cash Flow Millionaire on Any Budget in Any Market. I spoke with Wingo, recognized by Black Enterprise as a BE Modern Man of Distinction, about what it takes to become a cash flow millionaire and why it all begins with your mindset. He also shares why it's critical to give yourself a few reality checks when it comes to your finances. What do you see as the biggest mindset hurdles you have to get past uh, before you can really help people to get to where they want to go financially? I think the biggest hurdle is what money really is. Mm. Um, they think they know, but they really don't know what they think they know. So one thing we do is trying to figure out the mindset of it and what they know about money and trying to figure out how we can figure out how to get them to where they need to be to think about the new rules and how the economy changes. Because at the end of the day, money is simply energy. Money is an yes. idea. Um, I mean, it's, it's all those things. It's really not about the money in the bank account, the way money is made nowadays, it's not made how it was made 10, 20 years ago. There's people online writing blogs and eBooks and creating coaching platforms online and are doing pretty well financially. So if you go out there and just put that idea to use and put that energy out there in the right area, the money will find you. Nowadays, you don't have to go to school and spend four years you know, at a college to go and get a good job. Now you can create a job. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think it's to look at education in a different way. If you can, you know, bring value to a degree that you're earning, then fine, that's great. But don't look at a degree as the only way that you can bring value to the world and, and be compensated for it, especially since you got to look at the cost-benefit analysis. And, you know, um, I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues earlier today about this idea of a double Ph.D. and what you get out of getting two Ph.D.s that you wouldn't get out of one a Ph.D. <laughs> there definitely has to be an analysis, an understanding of, how money works in relationship to education and the value that you bring to a given marketplace or a given individual and what they're willing to compensate you for. 
I'm really telling my own story, my own struggles, and how I created the strategies that helped me to help you. And our company is not a one-size-fits-all. We're literally taking the time to figure out what, you know, what size shoe you wear, you know, do you like high-top, low-top, et cetera, et cetera. So we definitely sit down and take time with each one of our clients before we get into any recommendation mode. Even though we're in the sales business, we kind of like to, to build that rapport because uh, me personally, by being in the industry for 15 years, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of flaws in the financial industry. A lot of people out there just to make a lot of money instead of really helping people. And I experienced that when I worked at a bank. It was like I was giving some advice that I barely can sleep well at night because of the advice that I was given. And I had to give in order to keep a job, but... There's a lot of uh, bad advice that's been given out there. So I want to teach people real practical ways that they can, you know, better manage their money, help them understand money, and prepare for the future because we're living in a totally different economy than what the advice that we're given today. Yes. So. I am a big supporter and a big promoter of getting financial professionals to help you achieve your goals, just the way you go to a doctor or you go to a personal trainer or whatever you're trying to do. But I always tell people, you want someone that focuses on diagnosis first, yeah. plan second, then here's the solution I want to sell you. And you're right, in the financial service industry, so much of it is driven by the sell the solution first because that's where we're going to make the money, you know, and the diagnosis and the planning kind of takes a back seat. But if that comes second or it doesn't come at all, then usually the solution is not really effective. So I always appreciated the idea that, you know, it's about diagnosis and you custom tailor the plan to the problem, and then you're not only is selling not a bad thing after that, it's actually a service to your client because you're selling the solution that matches the plan that you help create for them. Exactly. And, and you know, one thing that we do a lot of our clients first that, that are kind of, you know, um, they want to come and they want to, what can I invest in? You know, I want to make a lot of money, you know, and those type of things. And so, well, we need to figure out exactly what's going on. So we do a debt analysis for every one of our clients. Oh, wow, that's them, great. I say, you know, a lot of your wealth potential is locked inside of the debt that you have. Your creditors are, make, are getting rich off of you, and you're worrying about a rate of return in the back end. I call it the back door. You're earning, on say, on average, on a good year, 10% rate of return, but you're paying 20 30 40% in the front, you know, of your money coming in to creditors, debt, and taxes. So if we focus on eliminating debt and trying to reduce your taxes as much as possible. Automatically, that gives you more cash flow. Then you can do more on the investment side and try and increase your rate of return on the back end because that's not the problem making more money. It's keeping more than what you have. I tell people all the time, you say, I don't have money to invest. I was like, your investment money, you're paying out in debt. Your biggest investment move is to get rid of the debt because that's where you'll find the money to, to then start investing in things that deliver you know, interest and benefits to you. Exactly. So if you can sacrifice five, ten years of going cash broke, you know, eating ramen noodles. Gary Vee talks about it all the time. Just grind and sacrifice for the ultimate goal. Long term, it'll be more beneficial for you. You can have more free time, invest more, and you know, start a business, whatever case you be. But if you focus on that real problem, which is the debt. Yeah. So you said that big scary word, sacrifice. <laughs> yes. You know, people think, oh, if you tell them, well, maybe you don't need basic cable. What? What? I can't. I can't live without that. You know. What, how do you get past this perception? And a lot of it has been cultivated by us being in a very sales-driven, consumer-driven economy that cutting back on anything is just an act of intolerable deprivation. You can cut so many little things that would accumulate in time, but too many people just feel like if they cut anything, it's something they can't live with. I mean, how do you get past that? Yeah, that's always a tough one. I remember when we were going through our time of really discovering, getting our plan in place. I mean, we went as far as getting rid of health insurance and my wife's job. 
It wasn't the smartest thing to do, but it would have freed up like $130 a month to, you know, give us so we can accelerate. So, you know, those come up all the time. We just got to really focus on the pain. You had to be very purposeful when you made those kinds of short-term sacrifices to achieve long-term goals. Exactly. And that's another one of our sayings is give your money a purpose. Go broke on purpose. Sacrifice for purpose. It may not seem like the most logical thing to do, but it's the right thing to do. You know, my wife and I were talking about this yesterday, I believe, talking about, you know, cable and Internet, things like that. These were bills 10 years, 15 years that we didn't have to really worry about. You know, I grew up with no cable, you know, but nowadays if you don't have cable or Internet or a smartphone, you're kind of like the outcast. My son's in high school and he submits work at home through Google Drive to school. Wow. So it's kind of like these bills are being forced on to us, you know, putting us in, you know, bigger debt. So that's why, you know, like you said, that word purpose is so powerful. We have to really give our money on purpose and go broke on purpose and be intentional with what we're doing. My wife's weakness is Target, but we don't spend bill money on Target. We actually budget for Target on purpose. So in our budget, you see Target on there, you know, and like you say, we save on purpose as well. So we don't save just to save. We save for a purpose, vacation, Target. You know, we just give it a name. Well, the point you're making is an important one because I tell people if you look at it as a spending plan and not necessarily a budget, though they're both the same thing, a budget almost makes you think, here's what I can't have, whereas a spending plan says, here's how I'm going to get what I want. And so much of this is getting people to prioritize what they really, really want. And I tell people, if you really, really want it, you can have it. It requires you to think about some of those things that are nice to have but not need to have. And you'll yeah. get rid of those so you can have what you really want. And too many times, people haven't really prioritized what they really, really want. And that's why we spend a vast majority of our time on that mindset in the beginning. Yes. That's the missing key. There's a, I'm not going to say any names of programs out there, but there are a lot of programs out there that go straight to the money, but they don't focus on that mindset. So we can't really rationalize those that type of thinking because we're so focused on the money or the lack of money. But if we focus on if we get the mind right, the money will automatically be right because now we've been changed our perception about life. We've been expanding our realities about money. So everything opens up when we understand the purpose. Which applies to how we allocate our energy, how we allocate our attention, how we allocate our time, a holistic approach. My listeners on Money Matters hear me say pretty much every week is that if you can't change your mind, you will never change your money. Um, and, and so, so again, it goes right to your point about mindset really being the, the foundation of what happens with money, whether you change it or not. What are the best ways for them to uh, to learn more from Mark Wingo and Wingonomics and Cash Flow Millionaire Mindset? Follow me on social media at Wingonomics, and I'll spell it out for you, W-I-N-G-O-N-O-M-I-C-S. Um, that's Wingonomics across board, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all that good stuff. Um, the website that you can find me and learn more about our company is nbfinancialgroup.com. That's nbfinancialgroup.com. Now I'll go ahead and give the number out, 877-483-NBFG is the number to get a hold of us if you want to speak to a financial professional. Have a conversation about your financial situation. But, uh, yeah, social media is probably the best way to get a hold of me. I'm pretty active on social media. Well, excellent, Mark. Listen, thank you for taking time to share your um, wealthy thinking on Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. And have a great day. All right. Thanks a lot, Alfred. Once again, you can get more great insights from Mark Wingo, as well as learn more about his book, Wingonomics, at nbfinancial.com. That's N as in Nancy, B as in boy, financial.com. Also, follow Wingonomics on social media platforms, including Twitter and Instagram. And if you missed my first conversation with Wingo on this show, 
check out Money Matters Wealthy Thinking Podcast number four. Now, before we wrap up, I've been inviting you to submit questions you'd like me to answer on the podcast. This week, I'll answer a question often asked by people looking to get off to the right start when it comes to managing their money, especially millennials. The question comes from Michael of New Jersey, who asks, If you had to recommend one book to a young person who wants to become more financially literate and responsible with money, what would you choose? Now, there's no single book that will address the unique financial situations of every person forever, which is why it's important to read at least one book focused on money, investing, or business every month based on your own challenges and goals. And of course, I've read tons of great books authored by great experts, many of whom have been guests on this podcast and whose offerings have been recommended for our Money Matters Wealthy Thinking bookshelf. However, if I was forced to choose just one book for a young person who wants to get on the right track with handling their finances, I would recommend Money Chat the Book, How to Get Out of Debt, Successfully Manage Your Money, and Create Financial Security by Dorothea Connor Kelly. In fact, I actually gave Michael a copy of this book. Money Chat the Book covers a wide range of topics, from establishing your emergency fund to investing for retirement. It's easy to understand and provides plenty of resources for follow-up. It's not the only book about money you'll ever need to read, but it's a great one to start with. You can order Money Chat the Book from major booksellers or just go to themoneychat.com where you will also find great information and resources from Dorothea Kelly. You can also check out Money Matters Wealthy Thinking Podcast number two to hear Kelly's guest appearance as an expert on our show. This is Alfred Edmund Jr. with Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. Be sure to check out my latest free ebook, Buy Love, Get Trouble, Sell Love, Get Screwed. How Decisions in Pursuit of Sex, Love, and Relationships Impact Your Career, Business, and Financial Success at GrownZone.com forward slash by love get trouble. And do not forget to subscribe to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking so you don't miss any of these shows on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. at AURN.com. Thanks for listening. Come back for more next week. Money Matters Wealthy Thinking, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.